Welcome to Holistic Ambition, where we talk with visionary leaders who are redefining what it means to be ambitious. We cover ways you can live with more well-being, meaning, and fun in your career, business, and relationships. I'm your host, Stephanie Toma, life coach for ambitious professionals and author of Confident Introvert. Today, we have Dana Drejos with us. She is a womb awakening guide, medicine woman, and founder of Wombology. Her deepest calling is to initiate women into remembering how to become their own medicine woman and womb healer through bringing back the feminine wisdom that has been lost. In her medicine bag, she holds tools and practices such as cycle spinning, fertility awareness, herbalism, female nutrition, somatic experiencing, and womb shamanism. Through these teachings and modalities of healing, she has helped over 100 women reconnect with the magic of their womb and blood, reclaim their feminine power, and heal the physical, emotional, and energetic layers of their womb space. Oh my gosh, there's so much goodness in here. I actually want to dive in, you know, and talk about... Do... About these terms, you know, that you mentioned in your bio, can you kind of walk us through a lay of the land? Yeah, yeah. So right now in this moment, because I feel like it's changing all the time, like how I am defining who I am and what I do as I go deeper and deeper into the work and uncover deeper layers. But when I say womb awakening guide and what I mean by womb awakening is really the remembrance of your innate feminine power and just remembering, oh my gosh, I have this beautiful cycle and this beautiful blood and all the powers that come with it. Um, because so many of us have been conditioned to believe that our periods are a curse and something that we should dread. Um, and feel shame around. And for centuries, women were literally burned for being connected to the earth and the plants and their intuition. And so your womb awakening is this spiritual and physical and emotional process of reconnecting to that innate power and remembering your cyclical nature. And typically your womb awakening initiation begins with often looks like physical symptoms arising, like you're experiencing fibroids or endometriosis or PCOS or irregular cycles, missing period, period pain, like all those things that kind of prompt us to start to look deeper and get curious of like, wait, what's going on here? This isn't normal. And you start seeking out answers and that puts you on your path. And we can really see this collective womb awakening i feel because so like more and more women are starting to feel called to come off of hormonal birth control and reclaim their bleed um and so yeah that's i'll stop there <laughs> yeah so you know this whole womb awakening as reclaiming what has been lost and also coming from a place of, well, this wisdom of being so connected with the earth, intuition, all of that was once actually really feared and persecuted. So 
you know, it seems like now many of us are holding in our bodies that fear of like, nope, better not dive into that because of what happened previously, previous generations. So how can people who are, you know, women that are conscious of this, or maybe they're waking up to this right now, like, oh, shoot, maybe I have kind of pushed this to the side and not really gotten curious about my cycle because of conditioning. What would be the first step? And can you tell us about your womb awakening journey? Mm, yeah. Um, so my womb awakening journey initiation, I would say started in 2019. I was having really painful back spasms. Like it hurt to even stand up. I was struggling with chronic fatigue and brain fog and yeast infections and bloating at every meal, anxiety, depression, like all the things and just feeling so disconnected from my body and just like emotionally numb. And at that point I had been on all different kinds of uh, hormonal birth control for like 10 years. Um, and I also was on a journey of vegetarian and then vegan um, diet. So I was just really, really depleted in my body, but like not connecting the dots. Like I didn't associate, I thought I was eating really healthy and I didn't think there was anything wrong with being on birth control. And so I wasn't really connecting those dots. Um, but eventually I came across someone talking about how our like female bodies operate differently than male bodies and we have these different cycles that we go through and it was just making so much sense of why i felt like such a failure when i couldn't stick to a like a routine like i didn't I've, i was like oh i don't have the discipline to like wake up every morning at the same time and like do the same thing every single day and i was confused like why am I so tired when I'm doing these intense workouts every day? Why do I have bloating when I'm like, you know, barely eating anything? And it's like, oh, that's why. Because our bodies as women are different physiologically. Um, and yeah, so I eventually went off of birth control, started living in alignment with my menstrual cycle. Really nourishing my body and being devoted to rest um and my physical symptoms dissolved but the healing really didn't stop there like i was surprised to find that through connecting with my body with my cycle things like my father wound um started to lessen as well and what else? Just like connecting to my intuition and healing this um, lack of self-trust that I had had within myself and and like my purpose and my passion becoming more clear as I was more connected to my body and my channel. Um, and yeah, in terms of first steps for women, I would say, I guess it's different if you are currently on birth control or not but i guess either way i mean i just opened a membership called the cyclical sisterhood and that's literally what it is for like helping women step into this work of transitioning off of birth control learning how to nourish your body nourish your hormones live in alignment with your cycle so you are living more 
in flow rather than in force. Um, how to align your business with your menstrual cycle. Um, yeah, so it's, <laughs> I would recommend that. Yeah, and you know, when it comes to these cycles that we go through, you mentioned rest, but let's say that someone listening is thinking, I don't have time, just, just rest, you know, four weeks out of the month. So how do they know if you were to walk us through, let's say the seasons of your cycle in a month, you know, many of us know about the seasons, you know, uh, like winter, spring, fall, all of that. Right. But when it comes to the seasons of our cycle in a monthly period, like when is the optimal time for someone to go ahead and rest? When can someone be more productive, for example? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Such a good question. So yeah, like you were saying, our a lot of people think that our cycle is just our period. Like people will use that word, oh, I'm on my cycle, when they really mean I'm on my period because we're always on our cycle. It's happening all month long. So in our full month of the cycle, we have four unique hormonal phases that are happening. And in these four unique hormonal phases, they each kind of equate to an inner season. And with each phase brings about changes in your energy levels, your emotions, your productivity, your creativity. And if you really pay attention, you probably already have felt this before. You've probably already felt that in some parts of the month, or just sometimes you feel super confident, life seems to be going your way, you just feel really positive, you're like, man, the birds are chirping, like the sky is blue, everything's great. You feel like nothing really gets to you. Um, things are like flowing, you just, yeah, life just feels like it's flowing. And then there's other parts of the month where you're like, what is going on? Like, why is everything so hard? And your inner critic voice starts to get really loud. And um, you feel a lot more tired, a lot more like less social, less wanting to be out and about. You kind of just want to stay at home and be in your own space. And all of that is in relation to what's going on with your hormones in your body in these different phases. Um, and so when you know the patterns of what's happening, you can start to kind of align your life and plan your life around that. So uh, we'll start with the first I guess I'll say the first um, is the menstrual phase. So this is the one everyone's the most familiar with. That's your period, the days that you're actually bleeding. This is when all your hormones are at their lowest levels. And the left hemisphere of your brain and the right hemisphere of your brain are actually in highest communication with each other. And this is where you're at your most intuitive power. So you're getting these like, just intuitive hits and like visions and um, and then this equates to your inner winter. So when you think about the actual season of winter, which in the Northern hemisphere, that's when right now, and as we're recording this, it's the winter solstice, which is so beautiful. So 
when you think of the season of winter, it's about the darkness and the death and the quiet and turning inward. And we've also been conditioned in society to kind of see these as bad things. Like it's not as cool to be quiet or like, we don't want to be in the darkness. We want to be like in the summer and the sunshine. And yeah, like, but the darkness is the feminine and the darkness is where our visions and the things that we bring to life begin. So when you think about like a baby growing in the darkness of the womb or the seeds that eventually, you know, sprout and turn into plants, they start in the darkness of the soil and then they come up um, into the sun and your ideas, your visions start in the darkness of your mind and then they come out into the light of reality. Mm. And so in your menstrual phase, that is the time to rest. And it doesn't have to mean that like for four days in a row or however long you bleed, you're just like sitting around doing absolutely nothing. Um, Although I will say like, let's shed that shame around doing nothing. (laughs) Like it is okay to just be sometimes. And that is the radical act of reclaiming your bleed and coming back to your womb. Um, and energetically, you're just like allowing things to shift and percolate and your body's doing so much work. So even resting, oh, you're not actually just resting. Exactly. Oh my God. I'm so glad you said that Stephanie. Yeah. Like you're not just doing nothing. Menstruation is an energetically, inten- energetically and physically intensive process in your body. You're actually like burning calories while you're menstruating. Mm-hmm. Like things are happening in your body. and that's why that's why you're tired and that's why you you get more hungry like your body's literally burning calories like doing energetic work so yes like take take a day especially like the first day or your heaviest day of bleeding um yeah like really i implore you to you know put away the phone put away the laptop just get still and quiet um if you work a full-time job, like I do, I work a full-time job and I grow my business on the side. So I will, you know, ask for the day off, um, or I will communicate to my team that like, Hey, I'm on my period today. Like I straight up tell them now. Um, and like, you know, I'm not going to be filming reels. Like in my job, I do content creation. So I'm like, I'm not going to be filming today. Like this is not happening. Um, and that's yeah. amazing that your, your work seems to be receptive to this. Do you think that that is a shift that's happening in certain spheres in certain parts of the world? I hope so. I mean, I've definitely heard in places like Europe because Europe is always way more progressive than America, but they, some, um, countries have like a menstrual leave, you know, policy, like you can take those days off of work and that's a you know, seen as normal or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I feel like it's in in my company, like it, they accept it because I, I forced it <laughs> on yeah. them, like just by talking about it. And um, 
you know, being who I am and expressing it, they, I mean, what are they going to do? Like, they're not going to say, no, you have to work. I mean, maybe they would. Yeah, they could, though. So, yeah, they that could, I guess. By example. Then I would just quit. I'd be like, okay, bye. <laughs> so, you know, I'm curious, just kind of like a high-level overview. So the winter, which is, you know, our period, a part of our overall cycle, you know, if you were to speak to when we get into, you know, the next week or so, you know, our spring, and then go through the other seasons, what, what can women look out for during those times and how can they really serve their cycles? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So yes. Then the next phase is called your follicular phase and this is your inner spring. So when we think about spring, we think about rebirth and renewal and growth and, and like seeds sprouting or even like planting seeds. And so, um, that's like the outer spring, what's literally going on in your body is growth as well. Your um, follicle stimulating hormone is stimu stimulating the follicles in your ovaries to start to grow and uh, eventually mature. And then one will eventually be released as the egg and that's your ovulation. But in this follicular phase in your inner spring, the follicles are growing you're starting to, your estrogen is starting to rise. So that's the main hormone in this, um, this part of the cycle. I have a and, question to interject. Yeah. So, you know, you mentioned that a woman's hormones are kind of at an all time low during your period, but everyone says that that's when your hormones are out of whack or at an all time high. Can you clarify that piece before we continue wrapping up spring? Huh? I've never heard people say that <laughs> so, everyone says weird things you know everyone's trying to make sense of it without the knowledge necessarily <laughs> right yeah um yeah no like you're the the reason why you shed so your your actual bleed is the shedding of and this will make more sense once i go through the full cycle as a whole so maybe i actually i'll do that okay. and then i'll come back Just stay tuned, um, everyone we're gonna it's gonna make sense soon it's gonna make sense you need you need kind of need like the full picture for it all to make sense um so yeah so then your estrogen's rising your estrogen is linked to your neurotransmitter serotonin and serotonin you may have heard is your like feel good neurotransmitter so um this is when your mood is you're feeling positive your mood is like high vibe um and your energy levels estrogen is also you know picking up your energy as well so um some women though might experience if if you are not properly nourishing and resting that's the thing the depth at which you allow rest in your menstrual phase allows equal amount of energy in the next phase okay so there you have to go into the yin for there to be the yang when you think of that chinese symbol yeah it's like connected so if you push through your period and you're ignoring your body's need for rest and you're not properly nourishing yourself then you're not gonna fully experience the benefits of the energy in that next part um so and there's things that i teach in the cyclical sisterhood membership around like how to actually properly nourish yourself um, and different like herbs to use and different cycles to support 
your body in each phase. Um, but I'll just keep kind of like keep it going high level here. Yeah. So in your business and in your life, uh, the follicular phase is really all about um start like getting things started so it's like okay you just in your menstrual phase maybe you had some visions you had some ideas about some projects that you want to bring to life and the follicular phase is the time to start initiating on that um it's the time to start connecting with people the estrogen hormone is also a very social hormone so it drives you to connect with others so that's when you're going to feel the desire to go to networking events or uh, like reach out to people to be on their podcast or um, do like sales calls or record your own podcasts or show up more on social media you're going to be feeling more like vocal and communicative um and then moving on to the next phase which is the ovulation phase and this is your inner summer so when you think about the season of summer it's very outward expressive like it's about fun and celebration um and, and, you're, most fertile. and you're most fertile yes so you're very um yeah like manifesting and attracting things and estrogen is at its peak so you might literally like your skin is glowing you look more attractive and people are attracted to you um, because they can especially men like they can on a biological level like sense that you are fertile and they'll be drawn to you um, and so that's also a great time to put yourself out there going to networking events going on podcasts doing these very outward things um, in your business and in your life and um even if you think about the the energetic of the follicle like being released and the egg being like ovulation happening it's like the egg is expressing itself it's exposing itself it's like hey here i am like come get me sperm <laughs> like come to me so that is the energy that you are expressing outwardly as well um and then moving into the next phase is called the luteal phase and this is your inner fall so after ovulation happens then your hormone progesterone is triggered and estrogen falls and progesterone rises and again every um phase every prior phase impacts the next phase so if you are not properly like nourishing and um, taking care of yourself in the ovulation and follicular phase then your progesterone is going to be impacted and then you're not going to experience like the full benefits of your luteal phase which is really if you think about fall again is about turning back inwards it's about letting go as the leaves start to shed like nature is literally letting go and getting ready to go into that dormancy and that hibernation phase so in the luteal phase this is like the the week that we hear called pms and it's very pathologized as like a problem and i don't really like that because we are kind of taught that our emotions are wrong 
Mm -hmm. And it's like a problem to fix. And we are like frustrated with the fact that we're frustrated and like irritable and angry and everything. When really in this phase, you are connected to your most deepest truth and authenticity. It becomes clear to you all the ways in which your life is not working for you. Like what's not working for you in your life. So, of course, you're going to feel angry and frustrated or sad. Um, That's like a very normal reaction. Um, And like, not even like just your life on an individual level, but just the collective um, like discrimination that women experience and the shame we experience and the unfairness that we experience. Like, yeah, get angry about that. That's what we should be doing. Um, And so, yeah, again, it's about seeing these things that are not working for us in our life and not necessarily acting upon it right then and there. It's more of just like becoming aware and like noting, okay, that's a thing for me to take care of in the follicular phase, like in my spring when I have that energy again. Mm -hmm. Um, But also in the luteal phase, in terms of your business, in terms of your life, your brain is more primed to be very detail oriented. So you really notice the details and you also start to become like you in, in this phase hormonally, your body is preparing for pregnancy, whether you actually ovulation week. Yeah. Right. So your body thinks like whether you actually, whether there was sperm that contacted the egg or not, um, your body is starting to build up nutrients in the womb to create a safe, warm environment for that potential embryo to grow. Um, And so on an outward expression, you also start to feel like creating home. And this might look like this is the time in your cycle when you start to you suddenly get that urge to like organize your spice cabinet and like clean Mm -hmm. out your closet and get rid of old clothes and do a deep clean in your house. And it's your your spring spring cleaning. Oh, this is your fall. Your fall. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. It's like clearing the space, I guess, for the spring. Um, It's falling from a tree. Okay. (laughs) Yes. And then, so coming back around to that question that you asked before, so once your body realizes that it's not pregnant and it no longer needs this buildup of nutrients and tissues and blood that it was creating for the potential embryo, um, then all the hormone, the estrogen progesterone will drop to their lowest levels and this triggers the release of all that buildup and that is what your period is. It's this release of the tissues and the fluids and the yeah everything that um your body no longer needs right now because it's not uh sustaining a pregnancy so yeah that's the full circle there thank you for taking us through that whole cycle and you know there's something that that let's see i know we've spoken about this and i think that you have posted about this as well but when it comes to birth control specifically so a little bit about my journey is I I personally don't use birth control because I want my hormones to kind of act 
as they're going to act. I'm like, you know, if I have my emotions, like they are what they're going to be. But I know that I experience a lot of emotional fluctuation when on birth control, for example. So yeah. it's just simply not worth it to me <laughs> to yeah. live like that. So, you know, there people have talked about, oh, like the pullout method, you know, for, as a birth control methodology. And I know a lot of people are like, no, thanks. That's mm -hmm. very reliable, very safe. And something that you brought up is not exactly that method. It's mucus tracking. And can you tell us about the success rate of that and the science behind that? And if there's any mysticism behind that as well? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for asking this. Cause yeah, when I first was considering or even hearing people talk about not being on birth control, I'm like, wait, what? Like, there's no way that's so scary. So the method that I teach and there's many different, so the there's a term fertility awareness method, and that's kind of an umbrella term for several different kinds of methods within that. Um, the one I teach is the symptothermal method of fertility awareness, kind of a long name. But um, this method entails, like you said, tracking your cervical fluid changes throughout your cycle and also your basal body temperature. Um, this is also something I go in depth into in the membership but so for here it's essentially the idea of uh every day you are checking your underwear your what like as you wipe after going to the bathroom what are you seeing so if you start to become in tune with this sometimes you'll notice a more like sticky kind of tacky fluid um and then as time goes on, as estrogen starts to build, you'll notice more of like a creamy, lotion-y um, cervical fluid. And that indicates like you're even more fertile. And then, uh, and then you'll notice a more like egg white or watery, stretchy, clear consistency. And that's your peak fertility fluid. And so whenever in in the symptothermal method of tracking like when you see this fluid it indicates that you are fertile there's potential for getting pregnant so this is when you would depending on your risk tolerance i mean in the studies that they've done uh which have shown that it's 99.6 percent effective um that is when you would abstain from penetrative like penis and vagina sex and ejaculation um, in the vagina so that's when you would want to avoid that some people even still will do like pull out method within that or they'll use a condom and if you're doing that it's not like exactly the method so the the efficacy rate will differ, but it depends on your risk tolerance and what you're willing to, you know, do. Um, and so that's how you know when you're fertile. And then once you, and then you're also taking your basal body temperature every day, which means your temperature upon waking. So as soon as you wake up, before you even get out of bed because once you get out of bed that can impact what your temperature is so as soon as you get out i keep my thermometer on my bedside table put it in my mouth immediately take my temperature and in the first half of your cycle 
it'll be slightly lower. It'll be between like 97.3 to 97.7 ish. Um, and that'll like kind of fluctuate up and down too. Like it might be 97.3 today and 97.5 tomorrow, whatever. After ovulation, we talked about how progesterone is triggered and progesterone is a heat producing hormone. So your body temperature will rise by a very obvious, like it'll go from like 97.3 to like 98. Um, and that's how you know that you are no longer fertile because you've already ovulated. You only ovulate once in your cycle. And so that means that you're safe to have penetrative, like unprotected sex um, and you won't get pregnant. How interesting, because I know with, with temperatures growing up, I was always told the average temperature is 98.6 degrees. And then you have a fever if it's 100 degrees or more, when really it sounds like that baseline is, it accounts for the fluctuations that women have in their baseline temperature. So that would be on the highest point of what is healthy. It's different. Um, so basal body temperature is that temperature upon waking. Hmm. The The average temperature when you're like up and up and about like in the middle of the day might be around the 98.6 or whatever it was, I think you said. Um, so yeah, it is different. Like, and if, and there's a lot of kind of pieces to the symptothermal method in terms of like, yeah, if you are sick and you're having an actual fever, then obviously that skews the data. And so you should be more cautious um, around that time. Also, if you, stayed up late that night or if you were like drinking alcohol all night like those things um or like travel if you are you come across different different time zones or whatever like there's things that can impact it to be aware of um but yeah i'm curious what are a couple of practices that you recommend uh to your clients that you would recommend to listeners for supporting their hormone health but also reconnecting with their room space yeah, my number one practice that I love to recommend is yoni steaming. So this you may have heard in different terms. It's also called vaginal steaming, steaming, pelvic steaming, V steaming. It's all the same thing, but it's all the practice of sitting over a pot of steaming herbs. Um, it's basically like a facial steam for your vagina <laughs> mm -hmm. and all the beautiful, nutritious benefits of the herbs being absorbed into your bloodstream and your tissues and coming into your pelvic bowl. So, so many benefits. I mean, it helps regulate your cycle. It helps reduce cramps. It's really useful for postpartum healing. Um, can help with, you know, yeast infections and what else? Like literally just everything, nervous system regulation, um, acne, yeah. And just the benefit of that time of doing this practice and connecting with your womb and just feeling the steam hit your vulva and it's, it's, like meditative. It's such a beautiful experience. Um, and the time that I love to do it is 
the four days before my period is coming. Um, it's mm -hmm. not indicated to steam while you're actually bleeding. Right. So that's not every day either. So it sounds like if you're pregnant, maybe not. There, there are certain stipulations. Yeah. Yeah. If you're pregnant, don't steam because it could um, stimulate contractions. So maybe towards the end of your pregnancy, if you want to stimulate. You're done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm done. Let's get this out. Yeah. Um, so not while you're pregnant, not while you're on your actual period, and also not while you're having an active infection like a UTI or genital, genital warts or something like that. Um, if there's any like redness or itching, this, the heat and the steam might make that worse. So um, I love to do it the four days before my bleed because it really helps to start getting the blood circulating and helping that space those muscles start to relax and release tension um, so it's really supportive for reducing the period cramps um, and specific herbs that i will sit with are uh, mugwort um, raspberry leaf red raspberry leaf and nettle so all of those nettle and red raspberry leaf especially are like packed with nutrients, vitamins, minerals um, that support our body in that menstruation process. And like I was saying before, in your follicular phase, your inner spring, if you're not, you know, doing the proper care, the proper nourishment, the proper rest before that, you're not going to experience the benefits of the energy in that phase. So you lose a lot of nutrients in your menstrual blood like your menstrual blood is full of nutrients and minerals and so as you're shedding that you are losing that and so that's why we um re-establish that with with the herbs very nutritious herbs um what else do i want to say there yeah um so you can literally just take a big pot and fill it about a fourth like quarter of the way um, you probably even have herbs, like you probably have tea in your kitchen right now that you could like cut open the tea bags and like dump them in there. Um, grocery stores definitely have red raspberry leaf tea, but also if you have a local herb shop, you can find all of these for sure there. Um, and so, yeah, you would boil the water, put the herbs in cover it, let it steep for, you know, five to 10 minutes, and then take off the top, um, set a towel down. There's different ways to actually like set up um, your steam. And the first uh, embodiment call that we're having in the Cyclical Sisterhood membership is a group Yoni steam. So I will go through like actually how to do it and we'll do it together, which will be really fun. Um, and yeah, other than that, I really just recommend journaling throughout your cycle to start to understand and to start to see these patterns. Because if you're not aware of it, everything can feel so random. You feel like, oh, one day I have energy and the next day I don't. Like, why? If you're actually exactly. writing down how you're feeling, how's your energy? How, how are you emotionally today? Um, what kind of like thoughts were you having today and associating that with you know when when was the last time that you bled 
and how long ago is that or when is that going to happen next? And also um, getting in tune with the phases of the moon as well, knowing where the moon is and connecting that to how you're feeling as well. So just sort of gather data and start to understand yourself better. Yeah. And, you know, something that's coming up right now is around, let's say people that have abnormalities in their cycle, maybe they're bleeding for a really long period of time or going a very long time without bleeding. Like, let's say that a period is going on for two weeks or there's been a period of months without one, but it's not necessarily menopause. Can, can you just touch on both of those two things in case there's a listener that has experienced or is experiencing either one? Yeah. Yeah. So all of that is beautiful information from your body. Your body, the only way that it has to communicate to you when something is off is through these physical manifestation of symptoms so that you actually, you know, listen and take action on it. And so often we go to the doctor and the answer is, oh, just go on birth control or just take ibuprofen or whatever, just like shut it down rather than understanding wait, but what is the root cause? What is actually happening underneath the surface here? And so with a missing period, um, that there's so many different like layers, but that can, one thing in particular, the most common thing is stress. So when your period is late, it's actually not your period that's late, it's your ovulation that's late. Because ovulation is impacted by so many different variables, particularly stress. So your body is so intelligent that when you are in that fight or flight mode and you're stressed, your body's like, well, now's not a good time to bring a baby into the picture. Mm -hmm. um, even if you're like doing things like really restrictive eating or low calorie diets or intermittent fasting, that's putting your body, that's signaling to your body that you're in like a survival state. And so your body is going to be like, oh, she doesn't have the capacity to grow another life right now because she doesn't even have the fuel for her own body. So how is she going to take care of another? Um, so it'll shut down your reproductive system. It'll put a pause on ovulation. And when ovulation doesn't happen, you don't progress through the rest of the cycle. So you're not going to get your period. So missing period is a really good opportunity to get curious about, am I, am I not eating enough? Am I like really stressed at work? Is there some person in my environment who's really stressing me out that I need to distance myself from? Am I overdoing it with exercise? A lot of women are overdoing it with exercise and thinking that they need to like do these hour-long HIIT workouts every single day. I used to be that girl. I was so like just wanting to be skinny and, you know. So um, exercise is a form of stress on the body. So your body's going to be like, whoa, too much. Mm. Um, and then if you are bleeding for days and days <laughs> and having these really heavy, painful periods, that's an opportunity as well to get curious about um, imbalances in food, um, especially looking at your exposure to what are called endocrine disrupting chemicals. And these are found 
everywhere, unfortunately. Like we are exposed to hundreds of chemicals a day that that really impact our menstrual cycle and our hormones. Um, and that basically cause too much estrogen in That's the funny. body. An example, so in so anything with the ingredient fragrance or parf perfume you'll see i don't know if i'm saying it right but um that's basically like a code word for hundreds of chemicals it's like their loophole of they don't have to name every ingredient because it's like their proprietary blend but it's usually like just hundreds of different chemicals and i mean we see that ingredient in literally anything that has a scent to it your laundry detergent dish wash dish soap hand soap, shampoo, conditioner, like, and then um, your makeup as well. Like, oh my gosh, just look at the ingredient label, like tons of words that we can't pronounce um, are all having an impact. It's being absorbed by your skin into your bloodstream and having a direct impact on your cycle. Yeah. You know, a case for clean beauty and unscented tampons if you use tampons. Yes. Oh my gosh. So glad you said that. Tampons and pads, that is just a direct shoot into your bloodstream and your tissues. And they are covered with bleach and chemicals. Mm -hmm. um, and tampons are considered a medical device and they don't have to report on like, they don't have to go through as much rigorous testing as other things. Um, so yeah, uh, like cotton pads if possible, or a menstrual cup, um, or free bleeding period panties are great. Um, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I'm glad we could kind of put that in there at the very end here and yeah. you know, such great wisdom here. So I'm, I'm curious to learn your perspective of how you define ambition. Mm, how I define ambition. It's so funny because <laughs> I, since I'm like so in tune with the feminine and the yin, like even just the word ambition, it feels like a very masculine, it is like a masculine expression. Um, I see it as when I think about the cycle, it is like that that dark period of turning inward and like reflecting on what your visions are and then the spring of going out there and making it happen. Um, yeah, I'll leave it up. Well, so how does, let's say holistic ambition either differ or expand upon that definition for you? Mm, yeah, holistic ambition. It feels like if you were to be in that masculine like outward expression all the time you would burn out so the holistic ambition is having that balance of the rest and the receiving like the receiving the fruits of your labor and like what you were able to cultivate in that that outward expression time. Um, and yeah, like resting so that you can have more energy to go out there and just crush it. 
Awesome. I love that. And, you know, for those that want to stay connected with you and learn more about you, how can they do that? Yeah. So you can follow me on Instagram. My handle is at womb.ology. Um, and yeah, I would love to connect with you there. That's pretty much where I hang out. Um, I have free resources linked in my bio and um, more information about the cyclical sisterhood membership, um, which I would love to speak a little bit, just introduce a little bit if you don't mind. Yeah, go for it. Yeah. Um, so it is a monthly membership where we meet four times, three to four times a month um, live on Zoom. All calls are recorded if you can't make it live. Uh, one call is a monthly womb school class. So this is where we go into the nerdy like science stuff of, okay, how do I track my cycle to prevent pregnancy confidently and like actually feel like I know what I'm doing? How, like, what do I eat? How do I nourish myself throughout my cycle? How do I connect with these herbal allies, these herbs that can support us throughout our cycle? How to interpret my period symptoms so like yes if you're having heavy bleeding okay what does that mean if you're having missing period what does that mean um and how to work with that and then we have an embodiment ceremony which is more of being in the body more somatic experiencing and movement and uh connection like womb connection things so like the yoni steaming then we have a monthly um, sisterhood circle, which is like women's circle vibes, like virtually gathering, gathering together under the full moon to kind of share and express and celebrate and talk. Um, and then a guest workshop. So I love to bring in guests and give them a platform to share their unique gifts. Um, I have so many friends from my podcast, which is the Womology podcast, which is another great free resource for you. Um, yeah, to come in and um, talk with us or lead us through some kind of practice. Um, you also get a weekly meal prep guide. So if you are like, I hate cooking, like I don't want to think about it. Here's a guide for you that is like step by step all the ingredients and instructions um, to make hormone friendly meals for the week. Thank you for tuning in to Holistic Ambition. This is Stephanie Toma saying goodbye for now and inviting you to take a moment to rate, review, and subscribe. Until next time.